Welcome to Healing the Spirit, a space where we awaken our creativity, deepen our connections, and remember who we are through the lens of astrology, archetypes, and art making. I'm your host, Jonathan Coe. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Healing the Spirit. I am super excited to be sitting with you here today and to be sharing some of my contemplations for the week ahead. As always, my contemplations are informed by my perspectives, by the guidance that I receive from my guides, from the cosmic body, from the energy of the week that I'm sensing, as well as the astrology. And my intention is always to help you awaken your own knowing. And so as you're listening to this, feel free to tune into your own body, tune into your own system and notice the information that's coming up for you because that's what's true information for you. And specifically for this week, I feel like... um I have a lot of feelings about the astrology of the coming week. And those feelings may or may not resonate with you. And so I want you to really practice discernment because as you're listening to me, this may be information that's personally important to you in your own path, in your own life. But this may also be information that's important for you in your relationships. This may be the experience that other people are having around you. You may be in a space where you're primed to experience the energy from more of a, air quotes, positive way, right? Or like in a way that feels desirable to you, I suppose, that um, other people don't really have access to. So I just want to kind of name that up front because I'm finding myself really... Um, feeling the energy of this week on a very visceral level. So, okay, with all of that being said, let's begin with a little bit of an overview of the week ahead. So on Wednesday, January 18th, the Sun in Capricorn is going to conjoin Pluto in Capricorn, and then Mercury is going to be stationing direct in Capricorn. So this feels pretty major already um, in the middle of the week. On Friday, January 20th, the sun is going to be entering Aquarius, leaving the sign of Capricorn. On Saturday, the moon is going to be joining the sun and um, this will result in the new moon in Aquarius. And so the sun and the moon, both in Aquarius, is going to be squaring the nodal axis, which is currently in Taurus and Scorpio. It will be sextiling Jupiter and Aries, and it will be creating a wide trine to Mars and Gemini, which is currently going direct. Venus in Aquarius is also going to be perfecting its conjunction to Saturn. On Sunday, Mercury in Capricorn is going to trine and the North Node in Taurus, and Venus in Aquarius is going to conjoin Saturn in Aquarius, 
and also Uranus is going to, going to be stationing direct in Taurus, right? So as you can see, you're probably hearing me just kind of talk about the wash of the astrology of the week. Um, there's a lot of Capricorn energy. There's a lot of Aquarius energy. There's a lot of um, Aries and Gemini energy as well. And there's a lot of direct energy, right? So um, you may have been paying attention to the astrology and you may have noticed that Mars has been going retrograde as we entered the year and so is mercury and mars has been in gemini so it answers to the planet mercury and mercury is in capricorn and both those planets are have been going retrograde right and so this direct business is going to be felt i think on an energetic level and so I want to first maybe begin with a little bit of a description of how the energy feels like to me. And it's kind of coming to me in, in images. So the first image that I'm receiving is imagine yourself um, going on a picnic with some of your dear friends and it's a cloudy day and then suddenly the clouds parted and then the sun started shining brightly. And then within 20 minutes, it's suddenly a very sunny day, right? Um, the next image that's kind of coming to my mind is, um, you know, when, when you have um, a favorite artist and they release a new album and the first three tracks are very slow, right? Are really slow ballads and kind of moves around in the soup of the feelings. And by the time you listen to the third track, you're like, oh my God, is the whole album going to be like this? And then you get to the fourth track and it's suddenly a dance track, right? There's an energy of a change in uh, the direction, a change in the speed of how it's been showing up so far, right? So if there's such a thing as New Year energy, this week may really feel like it, right? And I think with that comes along all the complications, right? The energy is the energy itself. The energy is just what it is, right? But how we respond to it, how we react to it, what is coming up for us as we are experiencing the energy may be really polarized. Some people may really find themselves super excited by this change. Another group of people will find themselves completely exhausted by this energy or not really knowing what to do or completely confused or completely overwhelmed, right? And so this may be something to be aware of as we're going into the week that the energy is intense, right? And um, it has the, the energy of a bursting forth, a flowering, an acceleration. And something I just want to tell you right off the bat is that you are exactly where you need to be. You don't need to change anything about who you are or about how you approach life. And there's nothing wrong with where you are right now. And then moving from that space, seeing what happens if you decide to try to experiment with potentially feeling like, I am exactly where I need to be. Does that give you more energy? Or does that remind you to take things a little bit slow, slower? Because both are really appropriate responses and appropriate 
reactions to this energy. Again, for some of you, this energy may feel completely energizing, right? Notice that I said energizing, not amazing. The outcome may or may not be favorable to you, but for those of you who are finding this energy energizing, <laughs> pun intended, this level of experiencing increased exposure to um, illumination, right, is really a welcome change in pace. Especially if you are one of those people who rely on feeling the collective push or the collective energy to get something done, to get your ideas, um, to start budding, right? You may find this energy to provide a lot of forward momentum and a lot of clarity. And then for others, you may find yourself really disoriented. So I feel like I probably will fall into this camp. So if you are the person experiencing this, my um, recommendation is for you to understand what is happening, right? To know that this is kind of like getting a surge of electricity. Like when appliances get a surge of electricity, if the system can handle it, right, then it can be amazing because you have more reserve upon which to draw, right? If your system can't really handle it, or if it hasn't been sufficiently grounded to receive that kind of jolt of energy, then give yourself permission to move way slower than you think you should, right? In any case, this is a redirection, right? Meaning we're energetically reaching a turning point. If 2023 so far has been feeling really slow to you and you've had a really hard time gaining momentum, then the shift may feel really good. And if 2023 has felt really nice with its slightly slower pace, then you may, you may find the change a little overwhelming, a little wild, right? Redirections are disorienting. Wherever you find yourself within the spectrum, I think the key is really to have a lot of compassion because you may find yourself feeling a jolt of energy, right? And wanting to accomplish a lot of things, but you may find the people around you are completely overwhelmed or confused or kind of stumbling around. Or you may be the kind of person who wants to just kind of duck, right? And go back into the cave and... um you may also need to have compassion for others around you who want to step forward, you know, to, to not judge them, right, for being uh, insensitive and to not judge yourself for not being on that train. So this whole theme around like not judging yourself, I think is really potent and really alive at this time. I mean, this may really have to do with the fact that this is you know, the beginning of a new year, there's still a lot of energy around like, I need to set my intentions, I need to know my resolutions, I need to change my life, right, which is all amazing. But also, um, really notice what is coming up for you, trust that experience and trust to give yourself what you need in this moment. Um, as someone who experienced, you know, this is coming from my own personal life, as someone who experienced reverse seasonal seasonal dis affective disorder, right, meaning that I find myself uh, to experience a lot of physical discomfort and mental chatter when the weather turns from the winter months into spring or into summer, right? Um, I know firsthand that having more sunlight, right? Having more clarity is not always 
comforting that sometimes that level of illumination is too much, right? It can cause a lot of anxiety. Now, the reason why I spend a lot of time talking about this is that you may hear a lot of people, um, you know, on social media or across different astrology channels talking about how amazing it is that Mercury is going direct and also Mars is going direct. And first of all, I am not disagreeing with that, right? I think, yes, when you look at the energy, it's a very potent energy. It's a very forward-moving energy. And also, I want to give a little bit of extra context, you know, that redirections, right, or the change of pace is awkward. You know, another image that's coming to my mind is if you've ever been on an escalator that's going, like, moving really, really slow, and then suddenly it starts to move pretty fast, or it starts to change direction, it's really scary. You know, that's not a really fun experience, right? We are creatures of habit. We are creatures of comfort. So we're used to moving in a certain direction. And because of the principle of inertia, we are, you know, not really primed for a, a left turn, you know, or a sharp change in direction or tempo, right? That, you know, can be um, not great for the nervous system. And so whenever something is shaken up in the sky, as is the case this week, there's really an invitation to give yourself permission to move at your own pace, to make mistakes, to not dwell on them, right? To not see that as your own personal failing. So to me, this is, again, a really good time to be trusting the information that's coming in. Something that I was really feeling with the energy of this week is that some things may be brought to light, right? Um, some sort of hidden truth about a relationship, about a pattern, about um, an, a particular contract that you have found yourself in that is different than what you had expected, that may have a feeling of um, being disruptive, but that also in the long term may be really helpful to you and may be a redirection that is actually um, akin to luck, right? That, that you may look back at this time at what is being revealed to you and realize, oh, thank goodness I learned about that thing. You know, or thank goodness I found out about this piece of information or that this pattern came to light for me. The sun being conjunct with Pluto in Capricorn on the same day that Mercury stations direct also in Capricorn feels very significant to me. So something to contemplate is do I have enough information both on an internal and external level to put something into action? to put a plan into motion? Or do I need to simply sit with the things that are coming up and to let the, the you know, let the, the wave of emotions ride itself out, right? Before clarity can come through. Can I trust that I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing and validate my experience while also having enough self-trust to not feel like I need to know what to do right away? 
the experience of this is a little interesting, right? Because it really depends on the situation. It really depends on what it is that you're working with. If you are working with a situation where for a while you have been desiring clarity, but that perhaps on a deep gut level, you've known that something is not quite right for you, you may want to, this information coming into light might be the catalyst that you need to make an aligned decision, right? Or to make an aligned action. But if you are, you know, not in that camp where maybe you've been in the cave for so long and then suddenly you go out and you are so disoriented by the light, right? That's available out in the world and you don't know what to do, then don't feel like you have to move right away, right? Don't feel like you have to make a decision right away. If the information feels like a solid, grounded truth, that it feels like maybe on an energetic level, it's really connected to your feet, right? That it's telling you exactly which direction you need to be going into, then by all means, make an aligned choice while being cautious to make sure that you are not missing any necessary steps, right? However, if the information that's coming to you or coming into your field feels more disorienting or a little maybe melodramatic, then give yourself permission to just kind of sit with it and be curious about it and have a conversation with it, right? I think the medicine for astrology like this coming week is to trust our body, to trust our experience, to practice validating what you're experiencing and to give yourself a lot of compassion around how you're reacting and um, how you want to react, right? So this to me is really connected to the idea of working with shame because something that I've noticed is that part of why working with shame can be really difficult or kind of moving through patterns of being stuck in, in shame can be really hard is because we also harbor a lot of shame around having shame or around experiencing shame, right? That the reason why we don't even look at it is because we are so afraid of knowing that we are carrying a pattern of shame because maybe we feel like I've spent too much time and too much money in therapy working on this pattern to still be stuck in it, right? Um, I'm going to give a very personal example to kind of ground us down a little bit. For me, um, it's really been powerful to notice when shame is in the room. What are the symptoms that shame is in the room? For me, it's negative self-talk. And sometimes it's very, very subtle. So I want to give a shout out to my dear friend, Mary Shook, because Mary recently... Um, Mary and I were in a conversation and um, I discovered something about myself and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that this is still a thing for me. Um, and by the way, if you didn't know, I have another podcast and um, it's a podcast that I co-host with Mary. It's called My Life is Better with You in it. And if you haven't listened to it, I totally would encourage you to. It's a very different flavor, I think, or maybe a slightly different flavor than this podcast. But I think you'll really enjoy the synergy between Mary and me. Okay, so back to regular programming. So what Mary helped me understand is that um, for me, and maybe this has to do with my Mercury in Pisces, 
I, for a long time, harbored this fear that I'm completely unintelligible and that my thoughts are completely incoherent. It's really rooted in a lot of trauma for me because in the process of editing my podcast all throughout 2022, what I've learned about my own thought patterns and my own speech patterns is this. Can I learn some skills to tighten things up? Sure. All of us can, right? But am I incoherent? Not really, at least not to me, and probably not to you either, because if you're listening to me talk about the coming week this far, you're probably enjoying this on some level. In any case, what Mary is reminding me um, during our conversation was that some people may really enjoy my way of talking, and some people may even need me to say it the way I say it, because that's when things will click for them you know? And so the reason why I'm sharing this story is that in talking about this with Mary, I realized that the pain and the frustration that I've experienced around feeling like I'm not really understood by the people that I love and that the people that I love can't really handle my truth or the way that I express myself um, is something that I've been living with for such a long time. And it's become such an integral part of me that even... Um, long after I've been working on it and I've been putting myself out there and I've been giving myself the chance to really express myself fully without a lot of um, shoulds and a lot of kind of barriers and um, terms and conditions, right? I still go back to some of those patterns, right? And it's very subtle. Um, a part of me is so conditioned to really blame myself when other people don't understand me. When maybe the reality is a little bit more complicated. You know, maybe it's not my fault. Maybe it's not my fault that other people are not getting what I'm saying. Maybe it has nothing to do with the way I say it or the way that my mind works, right? Maybe it's that the other person is just not on the same wavelength as me. Or maybe they're distracted and they're thinking about something else completely unrelated, right? In short, I realized that even when I've been working on releasing the shame that I have around using my voice, around sharing my thoughts, I still find myself echoing these patterns because A, this is just how trauma works, right? It takes us out of the present moment and into the past or into the future or into some sort of alternate reality. And B, that's just what it means to be human. You know, something I'm realizing as I'm sitting down with the contemplations, um, this week is that I want to release the shame around having shame because having shame and experiencing shame means that I'm still human, you know? And so um, I think this is really the first step. You know, if you are finding yourself having a really hard time validating your experience, noticing where patterns of shame are coming up around who you feel yourself to be and the gap between that and who you think you need to be, may need to be collapsed in, in some shape or form, right? What if for one week you just decide to kind of practice not invalidating your, yourself, right? Your experiences at all. Something that I've been learning in a container with Madison Knees is uh, the principle of radical aliveness, which is a somatic um, healing modality or, um, you know, which is really based around some really powerful principles, is saying yes to everything, right? And saying yes to everything doesn't mean being a people pleaser, saying yes to all the external invitations. It actually means saying yes to everything that's coming up for you, 
right? Not denying yourself the experience of your own reality. What if you don't give yourself the weight of responsibility over something that you were never responsible for in the first place to begin with, right? To me, to break this down into some really practical and um, actionable things, I think there are two sides to this. One, right, um, the experience of really trusting your your yourself and trusting where you're currently at as the present moment, which is the only moment you can have, right, is to reaffirm the relationships, the people, the places, the spaces that feel good to you, right? Notice that I say feel, not that you think is good for you, right? But that feel good to you. And you will notice because the experience is genuine, right? You will like smile when you're around these people. You will laugh when you're making mistakes doing the thing that you're supposed to do, right? You will find more levity even if the work may require a little bit of extra effort, right? Um, and on the other side of it is to gently give yourself the permission to release what doesn't feel good. So let me talk about each of these, right, separately. Some of this may seem really obvious. You may be listening to this and you're like, what are you talking about, Jonathan? This is so obvious. But I think we can unpack this a little bit further and get deeper into this, right? Because as I was sitting with this, I was a little surprised actually at how profound it is to um, reaffirm things that are good for us, right? That we are so conditioned out of our natural responses that sometimes we don't even know anymore what feels good and what doesn't feel good. To me, reaffirming our relationships to the things that feel good to us means to renew our commitment to these people, to these activities, to these spaces, right? Something that I've been thinking a lot about is how interesting it is that sometimes we get sucked into desiring to be part of a cool group, right? To be friends with cool people. And we do this as adults. If you are a millennial like me, you probably experience this... Um, I don't know, like in, in my mind, whenever I think about, you know, wanting to be friends with cool people, I always think about the movie Mean Girls. And uh, you probably grew up with that too. So um, <laughs> this may be a good a good time to kind of revisit that, that movie. But um, a part of me doesn't really want to believe that that's true, you know, because it sounds so high school. But in very subtle ways, for many of us, this is still very alive, right? So I think the antidote to this is to be really honest with yourself. You know, give yourself the space to move not from a space of objectivity, but actually from subjectivity, right? I can go on a long speech about this, but let me try to be brief. I am not saying that objectivity is wrong. I am not saying that objectivity doesn't have its place in our lives. At the same time, I've been thinking about how I don't really want to live a life that's objectively good. I don't really want to I don't really want to live a life that feels fulfilling from the perspective of the statistical majority, right? I don't want to feel a life that feels good for the average person. I want to live a life that feels good to me, 
you know? And I think if you're listening to this, you probably will agree with me too. You're trying to find your own way to feel good about what it is that you do. It's not always about achieving some sort of external measure of success. Many of you probably have um, oriented yourself towards that at some point in your life and realized that, oh, unless that's coupled with me really asking myself if this is my true desire, it probably still ends up being really unfulfilling. I'm probably still unhappy. And I end up uh, putting in more effort <laughs> into that, right? Which is like, what is the point in that? Um, and if this is really my goal, then I need to really reprioritize my my subjective experiences. And what I mean by that is I need to begin rewiring the way that I talk to myself and the way that I make choices, right? So, you know, perhaps you're given the opportunity of meeting you know, maybe you only have one free hour and you have the option of like meeting up with someone that may give you a um, professional opportunity, right? Or meeting up with someone that can really make you happy, who's a dear friend, you know? And the objective truth here may be that it's a better use for your time, a better use of your time to be meeting that person who can give you uh, professional opportunities, right? But your subjective truth in that moment may be that I haven't seen my friend in a while. I want to catch up and I want to just relax, right? So it requires us to, you know, embracing or prioritizing our subjective truth requires us requires us to abandon this voice that may be telling us that we should think about this or that right? We should be uh, doing this or doing that. And to really start trusting that if we just listen to that voice and listen to that resonance, we will be led to the exact experience that we're supposed to experience at that moment. A lot of us are really conditioned to choose our minds and to choose our logic over our hearts and over our bodies, right? This week, I think the practice is around really staying with what feels true, what feels honest on a heart level. What is your subjective truth? And then, if you feel like you're already able to tap into that, to also give people around you a little bit of extra grace, right? That your subjective truth may not, in fact, will not align with the truth of the people around you. Can you stay with the discomfort of that? Can you be okay simply giving that part of yourself extra space to breathe, extra space to be heard, to be alive, to talk to you, and to start delivering you the messages of your own truth. To me, this requires a little bit of discernment, right? Because sometimes we can be so wrapped up in the experience of validating our subjective truth that we want to put it into action right away. And for some of you, I'm not saying that that's not going to be the truth for this week, but I think it will be good to kind of pause and again feel into is this the right time to act on this? Or what other pieces of information do I need in order to move forward with this newly found subjective truth that I am now discovering? Okay, so now let's talk about the other side of that, right? Uh, releasing what doesn't feel good. And to me, releasing what doesn't feel good tends to bring up a lot because, um, again, there may be shame 
around uh, having stuck with what doesn't feel good for a longer period of time. And a reminder I will share here that has been really helpful for me personally is to always tell myself that, you know, I am here in this present moment and I'm exactly where I need to be. If you are noticing a certain pattern that you're still stuck in or a certain relationship that you're still stuck in and that you're now ready to let go of, maybe cut yourself some slack. Don't give yourself the story of I should have done this sooner or I should have known sooner because the reality is that you didn't. You didn't know this sooner. You didn't leave sooner. You didn't release this thing sooner. Right. And so what is the point of dwelling in that past? You know, that is, again, not to invalidate the emotions that can come up with it, but to really practice energetic discernment and energetic efficiency. <laughs> and I think the word efficiency nowadays gets such a bad rep. So let me let me talk a little bit about what that word means to me. To me, energetic efficiency has to do with really honoring that our life force is finite, right? That we are not going to be in this form that we're in as the humans that we are forever, right? At some point, we are going to experience mortality and that our energy is limited. You know, that we don't have all the energy in the world to spare um, getting really worked up about something that you could just say, okay, that's not for me. I'm just gonna move away from it, right? This relationship, this friendship is not for me. What is the cleanest way to get out of out of this, right? What is the easiest way to get out of this in a way that also still feels like it holds your personal values in integrity, right? Um, something that I really feel as an important thing to remember is how other people are human, right? It's really easy for our minds to kind of set, especially when it's people, right? Um, when we're in entanglements or relationships that don't feel good or nourishing to us, it's really easy to start blaming the other person, to start creating all these stories about the other person as a villain, right? But the reality is they're just like you. They have their own issues, just like you have your own issues. They have their own trauma, just like you have their own trauma. You have your own trauma, right? So, what does it what does it mean to give yourself permission to disengage with the energy that doesn't feel good, the people that doesn't feel good, and not feel like you have to take care of them, not feel like you are responsible for them, but also not feeling like you have to um, point them to the direction of fixing themselves? What if you just let it go? What if you honor your energy what if you honor what was and what is and just move from that place? So let me end with the card pull that I um, that I did for this week. So this is from the She-Wolf Tarot, which is my absolute favorite tarot deck, by the way, by Devony Ember Wolf. Um, you can look at the photo on the description below. And I pulled the moon card as well as the page of wands. And I think this is one of the most interesting moon cards that I've seen because um, this moon card is really giving me a lot of like high priestess vibes. And it's almost like um, 
that this moon card is about really trusting in the wisdom that's inherent in uncertainty. So the combination of these two cards together makes me think about how being in an uncertain place doesn't mean you can't explore. Remembering that you still have the potential, you still have the ability to explore, to um, get curious about what may seem to be calling your attention or what may be piquing your interest without knowing all of the information, right? Uncertainty is often a portal that helps you to pause and to explore this internal terrain, this internal landscape a little bit more, right? Um, be patient. Give yourself some space to explore your desires and to explore the shape of whatever it is that's coming up for you this week the way that children would, right? Lots of curiosity, no judgment. Children really knows no shame. You know, they, they haven't been conditioned into it, right? And so there's an invitation to kind of freely explore our desires, our perceptions, our preferences here. This idea of the preference is something that has been really alive in um, my collaboration with um, my teacher, my friend, Britton LaRue. And how, you know, we talk about how um, we can give our preferences the space to flourish, to inform the greater web of life that we find ourselves in, right? Often, a lot of us find ourselves um, being in relationships where maybe you can't fully act upon your own preferences, right? And so we start to feel a little trapped because we can't express it, we can't act upon it. And so something that Britton and I have been practicing both in our collaboration, in the space that we're cultivating, as well as the relationships we have with um, the student teachers that are in our um, community called Astrology as Praxis is that what if we're honest with each other about our preferences? And what if that honesty starts to shape the reality we've always been dreaming of? Um, I think this is how we can become an agent of change and become a torchbearer for the world that we want to see. So some of my final words about this week is to remember that this week isn't about acting upon everything that you've been wanting to do or that you think you need to do, right? Just because all of these planets are going direct now doesn't mean that you have to put yourself in urgency mode and like get things done or like move forward, you know, because that's also really violent to the self, right? Because sometimes when the body is not ready, when the heart is not ready, it's just not there yet. But I think what I would encourage you to kind of contemplate is this idea of practice and this this idea of really kind of breaking grounds right of preparing the chariot the vessel the machinery the device that you're going to be using that you're going to be uh, riding in order to get to your place of destination um, or the place that you think you want to be your destination in this uh, coming year 
something that I've been talking with my dear friend Amanda Yates Garcia about is the idea that you know our practice is our purpose and our purpose is our practice. And Amanda talks about this quite a bit in such articulate detail in her podcast uh, Between the Worlds. Um, and I will link the 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 um, I will link that episode in the show notes below. It's really a fabulous episode, which by the way, also, if you have a relationship with the tarot, 2023 is a chariot year, right? And so that episode where Amanda talks about chariot and what it means to be in um, creating a practice for yourself and to um, allow that practice to help you maybe move forward in life um, in the direction that you would like to move forward to feels to me extremely uh, potent. And so feel free to check that out. Um, and yeah, I want you to consider for this week, what are your preferences? Can you gift yourself the necessary structures, the necessary resources, whether that's internal or external, to really affirm those preferences? How can you build the trust that your preferences also factor into the algorithm of what's right for everyone? Not because you're better than everyone else, right? But simply because you, my friend, are an integral part of the collective. You, my friend, belong here. And that is not a question. Your belonging is inherent. So I'm aware that some of you may be deep in this process of refining your intentions, your resolutions, how you want your year, year to be. So I want to share a few resources. The last conversation that I uh, posted on the podcast that I um, share on the podcast is a conversation with one of my mentors, Diana Rose Harper. And Diana and I, in the first 45 minutes or so of that episode, talked quite a bit about um, the idea of resolutions and how to create resolutions that really resonate with you, that come from a place of the truth of who you are and prioritizing your health and, you know, whatever that word means to you, right? So I would highly recommend that you check that out. Um, another really supportive resource is Britain's Seeding the Year webinar and workbook, uh, Britain LaRue. I think all of these resources around Seeding the Year are so supportive. Her recent webinar is mind-blowing, in my opinion. I um, I was crying listening to it. <laughs> so feel free to, to listen to that. It's free, believe it or not. I was listening to that and it almost felt a little criminal because I'm like, I should be paying for this information. Um, I feel like it's such a powerful framework that Britain is sharing, very tangible tools. So... Um, yeah, feel free to check out the webinar, get the workbook if you feel uh, like it is calling to you. And finally, if you are interested in digging a little deeper into what is coming up for you, into the things that are being illuminated to you in your life, if you are interested in embracing certain things and maybe untangling from other patterns, I am available for sessions. And so I would absolutely love to sit with you one-on-one -on -one and to talk about the things that are coming up and to consult your chart for um, guidance, for inspiration. I have been 
um, meeting some of you listening to this podcast through one-on-one sessions. And honestly, it has been truly amazing. I can't believe that I get to work with such amazing human beings. And if you have been having sessions with me recently, thank you so much um, for your trust in me and in doing the work with me. Um, and yeah, I am super excited to be holding space for you if that's what feels supportive to you at this time. Um, as always, all the links are below and I hope you take good care of yourself until we meet again. I will be releasing another conversation later in the week um, and I look forward to hanging out with you then. All right. Take good care of yourselves and I'm sending you so much love until next time. Take care.